0: Look at that there we go. What's up, guys? My Take Radio episode 334, powered by Rageworks, uh, broadcasting live February 11th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call in number is 347 324 3541. Again, that call in number three four seven three two four three five four one. 347 324 3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling gaming, and entertainment. Uh, we air live every Wednesday and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Wednesday nights, we discuss MMA and wrestling. Thursday nights, we go into gaming, entertainment, and sometimes a little tech as well. If you want to participate in tonight's broadcast and check out the show, you've got a couple of ways to do it. First and foremost, you can go over to mtrlive.com, and you'll get access to our 720p video stream also a live streaming audio component and of course we have a full chat room that you can utilize as well to interact with myself and some of the other listeners we are also simulcasting on video too you stream uh twitch and also youtube and stream up as well von live and a couple of other services, as always, if you are checking the show out via those services, but really would like to participate, head over to mtrlive.com. You can also use our call-in number and participate that way, and just not hit option one to enter the caller queue, and you'll be able to enjoy the show that way as well. Otherwise, archives uh, uh, <laughs> archived episodes of this show will be available on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for audio, and video archives will be available on our two YouTube channels, My Take Radio TV and Official Rage Works. All right, so a couple of things. Last night we had our MMA and wrestling show uh, starting to get better with the way that we have uh, our show set up. As you can see, uh, we do still have the green screen behind us, and we are working on setting something up with that in the near future. Um, Still working all the bugs out, still learning, but uh, very happy in our brand new studio space, uh, really enjoying, uh, giving you guys a really awesome experience and being able to do some cool stuff. If you've seen a lot of our product reviews, we're doing a lot more stuff in that regard. Also, our very own slick has been doing a lot of streaming, um, streaming games like dying light, just cause three and countless others. As always make sure to check those out. Uh, he will, uh, send me his URL to include in the show notes for his channel And we do try to get those videos on our Rageworks YouTube channel as well. But definitely check out uh, Slick Streams. He's killing it over there, doing a great job with that. Uh, He's also been cranking out a lot of great content, including a Dying Light contest that is currently underway. Make sure to check that out. Um, It's available on Rageworks.net. Look for it there. And, of course, it's also been shared on social media. And we will include a link for it in the show notes uh, really easy. Um, it's a, it's one simple question you got to answer. You got to follow the rules in the contest. And of course it will be running through to next week and we will announce the winner on air. Uh, like I said, make sure to check that out. If you want to participate, you will get, uh, the brand new dying light expansion, uh, courtesy of slick. You want more details? Like I said, read the contest. Uh, Slick, if you could, please do me a favor and just throw a link for the contest in the chat room. That way, if anybody comes in there, they can go and check it out that way. Uh, Last but not least, our broadcast schedule for the month of February is pretty much on point with gaming and entertainment episodes as well as MMA and wrestling episodes throughout the month. Unless something drastic comes up, we will be working on giving you guys a full kit of shows. In addition to that, uh, we got a brand new episode of black is the new black for this week. And I know Jay was hard at work on a brand new episode of the regular season sports cast, which I will be editing and posting sometime between tonight and tomorrow. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Also this weekend is going to be a big weekend for us. We're going to be at the 2016 toy fair Uh, myself and, and Andrea who will be assisting me. In uh, video and camera duties, Uh, we'll be bringing you all the action from the show floor uh, starting Saturday and going through Sunday. So definitely keep it locked on all our social channels to have access to our content throughout the day. Uh, First and foremost, obviously, we're going to be doing stuff on Instagram, Snapchat. We're going to try and do some Periscope stuff. I know Danny from Royal Flush Magazine will also be there. We'll be doing some stuff with her as well And, um, we're going to try and give you guys as much content from the show floor as possible. We're also going to be working on a lot of video, which we will be posting on the Rageworks channel. And of course, on Rageworks.net, uh, if there's anything in particular, you guys want to see any particular toys, any particular statues, collectibles, or any other items, please feel free to hit me up via social media. I will definitely do my best to stop by those booths and get you guys all the information possible. Uh, In addition to covering Toy Fair, we're also going to be at Play Fair, putting up pictures from that event. And we have two very special appointments that we will be attending. I don't want to give you guys all the details just yet because the stuff that we're going to be seeing is not officially coming to market as of yet. So once we get access to that stuff, of course, keep it locked on social media and we will be providing you information for that as well. Uh, A couple of other things. Before we get into this week's show, uh, first up, the transition from the My Take Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio to the Rageworks Network uh, is currently in process. Uh, the goal is to have that finalized for March. Uh, after that, that feed will cover all of our shows, and then there will be a distribution of individual shows to iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for Black is the New Black, the regular season sportscast, cast. And, um, you know, any of our other shows as well, including the buried show, uh, this will allow you guys to get all the shows through the main feed. And then you can subscribe to the individual shows as well. I know a couple of people have reached out asking about subscribing to the individual shows. One way you can do that now currently is by adding the RSS feed for that, for that particular show into iTunes or Stitcher or or whatever podcatcher you have and that's one way to get the individual shows, but we are working on creating individual feeds for each show, but we are also going to make sure to give you guys the full RageWorks network experience. Uh, We're also going to be bringing back the Minority Film Report. Um, I will be doing that uh, pretty much with movies that are in theater, as well as movies that are, you know, streaming or on video or DVD or Blu-ray. So it's going to be a little different than the previous ones where, we would review just really obscure, shitty movies. Uh, one of the reasons why I want to do that is because I love writing reviews for you guys, especially when it comes to movies, but I also feel that I can get uh, something out quicker if I just come, sit in front of the microphone, and break down the highs, the lows, and why you should or shouldn't see the movie. Uh, the goal is to probably make it about 30 minutes, I'm figuring maybe we're gonna I'm going to crack it open with Deadpool, which I'm hoping to go see tomorrow, Um, and we're going to definitely go that route going forward. I want to bring back the minority film report. I know a lot of people really enjoyed it and, um, slick just asked if once in a while we still have obscure shitty movies and that is a definitive yes. I think that, you know, that's one of the things that we really enjoyed and it's definitely something I want to do in the future. The only thing with that, as I said, is is that we're going to try and do it on a more consistent basis. So I'm going to try and do it, um, at least twice a month, depending on the movies. If I don't do two movies that are in theater, maybe I'll do one movie that's in theater and what either a movie I've rented or a Blu-ray it's going to, it's going to vary depending on the medium. Um, if I'm reviewing a Blu-ray, obviously it's not just going to be a review of the movie itself, but also the Blu-ray. And again, I'm looking to do it about 30 minutes or so. um, You know, the way I figure it is we're going to have to probably do it in such a way where it can be utilized with both audio and video. So the goal is obviously to go in front of the microphone, record it. But I may try to do something for the YouTube channel as well. All right. So with that said, that's going to wrap up the housekeeping. Uh, Make sure to check out Slick's contest. Uh, The link for that is in the chat room. If you are listening to tonight's show. But we are going to get into this week's gaming news. I do want to kind of go on a little bit of a rant about something that happened in the gaming industry that really, really got under my skin. Uh, It bothered me quite a bit, and um, I'm definitely going to be discussing it. Also, we're going to obviously talk about the MPD numbers for the month of January. I'm definitely bringing Slick in for that. And um, I'm also going to bring in Slick after I finish my... You know, my slight rant monologue to get the gaming segment popping with that. Of course, we're going to go into the entertainment segment and we're going to try and keep it like I've been saying at 90 minutes. So if anything gets left off the plate, it's only because we want to keep things running smoothly. So with that said, let us get into this week's gaming news, shall we? Well, here's the thing. I want to start with this particular story only because it really, really, really irritated the hell out of me. Um, If you know me personally off air, you know that I'm pretty outspoken with regards to the quote unquote gaming journalism industry. Um, Danny from Royal Flush magazine can attest to it. And before I get into it, um, what I'm about to say is not indicative of any one person, even though there have been one or two people that have brought it to the forefront over the last few days. This is indicative of the machine as a whole. And yeah, there was one person who I'm going to address in that, but at the end of the day, it's the overall machine that is a problem. And I'm going to start off with what led me to go on this crazy tangent uh, earlier this week. So many of you know that when you start writing uh, game reviews or running a website or whatever the case may be, yeah, you're doing it because you enjoy the games and you want to get your opinions out there. But at the end of the day, there's a part of you that either wants to parlay that into a full-time career or an opportunity with a, with a high profile website, or who knows, maybe you want to take what you're doing and make it your own business and run it as your own brand. Uh, There's a lot of different paths that many of us take to try and get there and some of us start running our own sites, maybe guest blogging on other sites. And if your writing is good, you get on people's radar, and who knows, you be, you get an opportunity at a high-profile site, you know, The Verge or Polygon or IGN or any of the big sites out there, whether it's covering tech or gaming or etc. So, uh, an individual who I'm I'm not going to name out of out of respect for, his, his, you know, what he's going through, um, is a guy who's been in the industry. I have I've I've heard I've heard his name in passing. I think I may have seen him once. We are not personally acquainted, but again, I'm aware of the guy's body of work and um, he does pretty good work. He does. He does a good job with what he does. And, um, you know, he ended up getting an opportunity recently to write for IGN. Now, obviously, whether you love or hate IGN, it's a pretty high profile gig Um, Danny, who from Royal Flush magazine, who's in the chat room says, you know, he's a cool dude. She's, you know, she knows this individual. Like I said, I know him in passing. So I'm making only a generalization based on his body of work. And, um, you know, in any case, uh, the gentleman started working for IGN, which is a dream come true, ended up doing a review for the recent Naruto game. And, um, you know, he gave, he gave the game a score that many people did not agree with. Now, and this is this is something that again, this is my view on it, not reflective of, you know, RageWorks as a whole or Slick or any of my staff or any of our affiliates. These are these are my views. So, the individual, he did a review for Naruto and I believe he gave the game what did he give him a 5 Danny or something like that? He he gave the game a low score. So, another individual who is in the gaming industry um, a little more recognizable, someone who is, you know, uh, considered a voice in this industry and, and is a personality um, knows this person personally and decided to go on social media and say, hey, you know, this guy wrote this review, but he's full of shit. This game is awesome. Okay, now here's here's my frustration with that as a, as a as a person who is. As a person who is in this industry, I'm going to open it up by saying what I always say. I am not a journalist. I I am a pundit. I am a person who shares their opinions. I do not break news. And if I do, it's not intentional. I don't go out there looking for scoops. I don't go out there reporting on facts. I go and what we do is based on opinion. Everything we do is opinion based. Trust me, if I wanted to go out there and break news, I could. I could. But I like, I like the approach that we have. Anyway, this, this individual went on social media and pretty much said that this guy's work was shit because he gave the game a low score, a 5.5 per, per Danny. And um, this is why I, why I got incredibly angry. Uh, we come into this industry, most of us, with the expectation of possibly turning it into something great. And a lot of people that have been voices in this industry, they talk about unity and we all got to work together and we all got to stick together and we got to do this for the, for the growth of the industry, blah, blah, blah. So correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't growing and being united, supporting our peers, even if it's, hey man, nice work on that, or hey, didn't agree with the score, but you know you put a lot of work into that review. That's the right way to do it. There's a right way to to participate and help your peers out, even though you don't necessarily agree. You don't go on there and you trash one of your peers, especially if you're on author- considered an authority or someone prominent in this business, because what that does is it sets that person back, because even though it's a your opinion, people value that opinion and they may think that you are in the right when in fact you're not. For me personally, when I review a game, it is my opinion. There are certain things I like. There are certain things I dislike. And people, you know, agree or disagree. Hell, Slick, who, who's, you know, a person who I've been friends with for years and works with me with on Rageworks. There are games that I review that he does not like or he does not agree with. But as someone who is my colleague and a peer... He will tell me, "Hey, I didn't like the game because of this and this and this." And yes, I can explain why I like that and he may listen or not, but never at any point has Slick to, said to me, "Oh, well, you know, you should you should like, you know, you should score the game like this because that's what I think about it." Danny is another person. Danny and I have been friends for a for a long time. I think we've been in the trenches for years now. I value her opinion. I value her contributions to this industry, and she writes pieces that I like, and I agree with them or I don't. But there's a way to say that without being without breaking down the other person, especially because this is an opportunity that this guy just got, and this this guy was you at some point, and it angered me. You know, it it, it really angered me because these are the same people that come to me and they go, you know, Rich. You know, you shouldn't be so jaded or you shouldn't be so angry or you shouldn't be so closed when it comes to the industry. Oh, you know, you should partner up with more people. You should do stuff with other brands and all this other shit. And this is what I got to say. Why would I want to partner with people in this industry that don't genuinely give a fuck about what I do and vice versa? I'd rather listen, if I don't like your ethics or the way you conduct yourself or the way you present your brand, or the way you market yourself, I'm not going to work with you, this is how it is, it's just a personal thing, and yeah, you know, maybe I can make some money with you, maybe we can grow in a way that's unique and different and amazing, but in my heart of hearts, if I think you're a scumbag or a piece of shit, I'm not going to feel comfortable working with you, period, and this isn't me being on a high horse and saying that, you know, I'm better than anybody else. I'm a piece of shit like the rest of you. You know, I have my my faults and my idiosyncrasies that many people don't like. You know, I'm not the nicest of people. I'm not. I'm not I keep it. I keep it real. I'm a surly son of a bitch. If I don't like you, you will know, period. And I'd rather tell you, hey, I'm not, I, you know, I, I don't want to fuck with you, period, because that's how it is. But these people that are supposed to be these, 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 you know, these pioneers in this industry, an industry that is very, very selective on who it, you know, on who it votes for, on who it throws its support behind. And you're going to go and you're going to tear down a fellow of, you know, a fellow journalist, a fellow person on the come up. Why? Why would you do that? What is there to gain? So, you know. Danny and I were discussing it and I checked out some of the comments in this individual's review and you just, you just see what, what, how, how uninformed and how, you know, how many keyboard warriors are legitimately out there. People that were like, yo, fuck this review, fuck this guy. Um, I didn't even play the game, but this review is bullshit. This is the kind of stuff that I see. And don't get me wrong. YouTube is littered with this stuff as well. But what ends up happening is... That you can do all that, but at the end of the day, it's a very small world, and and you know you may bump into that person, and that person may call you out on it. So, out of out of frustration, I wrote something on Facebook um, about that this particular situation. And uh, long story short, I said, you know, what we do is opinion based. No matter how much you think that you're making this monumental difference with what you're doing. It is an opinion until you are going out there, breaking industry news or having sources or, or paying people off to get information. You are a pundit like the rest of us. It's the same thing I've always said when people write on their business card that you're a CEO, you know what CEOs don't do punch the clock and work for someone else. You could be the CEO of paperclips incorporated, but, but guess what? If you got a punch a clock to work at McDonald's, you know what you are? Nothing. You're an entrepreneur. You're a part-time entrepreneur. You're a hustler. You're not a CEO. You're not. This is why I never call myself CEO. I call myself a founder. Why? Because I, I founded this shit. You know, I created this. I'm the founder or the creator or the host or the editor-in-chief. Any other label that is not CEO, period. You know, not a CEO. And 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 I hate seeing that because I was friends with a guy that worked in my in my daytime job, and um he says to me, and and this guy I consider him a mentor, and we were talking, and I was like, hey man, I'm working on this project, which at the time was Rage Works, and um I'm like, listen, this is what I'm gonna do, duh, 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 duh. and he told me, he goes, listen. Do me a favor. If you're going to do this, you know, until you get until you incorporate your business and you're making money for yourself. He's like, you know, don't don't put CEO on your card. And I said, why, why, why not? And he goes, because the people that are CEOs laugh at that shit. Like if if somebody can't set a meeting with you because you have a real job, you're not a CEO, you know, and, it, and it's and it's a late and it's an insult to. To the people that have busted their ass to become that, to call yourself that, I'm sorry, but that's that's where I stand. Le, you gotta call a spade a spade. Don't use false labels. You, oh, I'm a journalist, really? Were you in fucking Bosnia? Were you were you behind enemy lines when ISIS was was killing people? Because that's what journalists do. They report on shit that's going on. They don't copy and paste the 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 press releases that you that are sent to them by p r they don't do that they don't they don't they don't they don't do any of that shit you know unless you have a an accredited press badge or you're out there reporting on the news you're you're a, a pundit you're an, a person with an opinion that's what you are let me give you an example uh the guy that runs heroic hollywood um el majimbe is his is his nickname this guy can call himself a journalist and nobody can say shit. You want to know why? Because this guy, he has sources, he pays sources, he breaks news sometimes before any entertainment website even gets it. This guy is at the top of his food chain. He is an he is an elite journalist. And he's probably one of the most humble people in the game. Look him up, punch up Heroic Hollywood, and you'll see what I'm talking about. When this guy goes on there in Majimbe When he goes on there on Periscope or whatever, and he's talking about all these different news stories and, you know, directors are like, yo, fuck that guy. How do you get that information? That's what journalists do. That's what they do. They report on shit. They break stories. You think that by copying the press release that Rocket League is coming out on Xbox One in a couple of weeks, you're breaking news? Did you get that from the developers? No. No. You got that from some PR guy who you're friends with that you got fucked up with at E3. You ain't breaking shit. The only thing you're going to try to do is is break the news faster than anybody else. Let's be real, folks. Danny and I last year spoke at Pace University, and we spoke to a group of kids, well, young adults that were looking to get into this business, whatever you want to call it, blogging, Uh, podcasting creating new media covering events how whatever label makes you feel good about yourself at night danny and i spoke to them and we kept it a hundred with them we told them you're not gonna make any fucking money and it'll and you're gonna have to claw your way to get opportunities because the shit is is rough out there anybody who has basic web knowledge is creating a website within the first five minutes without even trying whether it's through WordPress or any other brand, people are out there doing that shit. They're out there doing that. Nobody nobody gives a shit about what you say, and that's what I ha- that's what I have to tell people all the time. You're not selling the games. You're not selling the products or you review. You are selling yourself. And if nobody can legitimately believe in you, then your content means nothing. Gary Vaynerchuk instilled something in me that I believe 100%. It's not about how wide you go. It's how deep you go. You know, seriously, everybody wants to talk about, you know, I got, I got 10,000 followers. I got 5,000 hits, but your Alexa score looks like the national debt or the last post that you did was two weeks ago, or you're too busy sharing the drinks that you had at the E3 after party instead of being in your hotel room, putting up videos and photos and content but you get mad that somebody else got a better opportunity. That's why this game industry, this this journalistic this journal industry that's out there is bullshit. They shake your hands and they quietly stick the shiv in your back. You want to succeed in this business? You want to try and make something of yourself? This is my public service announcement to you. Keep your head low, keep your content consistent, and keep your brand yours. Do not go and gift wrap yourself in something that you are not. Be the real you from sun up to sundown. Don't put on a mask. Don't be some other person. Be yourself. Because if your content is good and your message is clear, people will listen. Period. People will listen. They will. I started doing this shit in 2006 and this was just podcasting. I wasn't even running a site at the time. When I decided to do my take radio live, I started with a WordPress.com blog. I had no clue what the fuck I was doing. Fast forward, 2014, started Rageworks. Had a basic understanding of how to run a site, how to podcast, how to manage people. Am I the best at it? No, zero chance of that. I'm always learning. I'm always trying to be the better man. I don't sleep while the competition does so I can be better even though I'm always competing against myself. The only thing I got to tell the people that are part of this industry is instead of jumping at the chance to tear down a fellow writer or a fellow journalist, reach out to them. Tell them, hey, I like this, but maybe you could have worked on this or why'd you do this? Be constructive. Help them grow. Iron sharpens iron. That person who you help now may become better off down the road and pay it forward back to you. Don't do that. You know, don't tear nobody down. There's plenty of people whose views I don't agree with. There's plenty of people who I don't like how they present themselves. You know what I don't do? I don't fuck with them. That's it. Simple as that. If I'm, if I don't sit here and listen to your bullshit, the people that genuinely give a shit are going to be happy for any triumph that you have. Not be ready to jump at the chance to shoot you in the fucking face. That's it. And that's, that's where I stand. That's, that's my take on matters. Um, I made the post that I wrote on Facebook public. Uh, I know some of you guys that have listened to the show have reached out um, and are starting to follow me on Facebook. You're welcome to read the post. You're welcome to share your two cents. Um, If you're a journalist in this business and you disagree with what I said or you feel that you're being attacked, 347-324-3541 is the number. You're welcome to call it any Wednesday or Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern. And I will gladly address it with you. If you want to do a face-to-face, you can find me at an industry event, not the ones that involve the free booze, that the ones that require work. That's where the fuck I'll be. And you can come see me. I'll I'll, I'll gladly address the issues with you, whoever it may be, in person. Not, Not in person hitting you over the head with a steel chair, but in person in the sense of why you're full of shit and why you shouldn't do what you do. That's it. Anyway. With that said, I'm going to get off my soapbox and switch gears and jump into some better stuff. I know that Slick had actually posted uh, some gameplay from the uh, Hitman beta. And I noticed that a lot of people on YouTube were very vocal. And I want to bring Slick in not only to uh, talk to him about that, but we're also going to get into the gaming news of the week. And of course, we are going to talk some entertainment as well. Let me see if Slick is in there so I can bring him in, and we can get this party started. Mr. Slick.
1: What's good, man?
0: What's going on, brother? How are you?
1: I'm chilling here. I was I was laughing at some of the things you said, because it's all truth, but it's still funny, some of it.
0: As you can see, I'm, I'm fired the fuck up.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just going off of what you said, not to drag it out, but like I said in the chat, it's like, you don't... You don't bring somebody down to use them as a stepping stone. You yep. Know, like you got to you gotta bring yourself up. Forget what other people say, whether you agree with it or not. They're not doing, unless they're part of your team, they're not doing anything for you. So nope. So leave them alone.
0: Yep. Let them, let them live, man. You may not agree with what they say, but, hey, you could just as easily message them or be like, hey, why'd you score it like that? Listen, I played the game. I thought the game was like this. Hey, you want to chop it up real quick and see maybe – You know, maybe I'm missing something or maybe you're missing something. That's how you do it. That's how you create dialogue. How many times do you write stuff and I reach out to you and I go, hey, man, you know, I noticed this, this and this and you'll give me a rationale and I'll be like, all right, cool. You know, like that's how you do things. That's that's how this is. This is how the shit works. But, you know, you know, you become a voice in the industry and you forget what the fuck got you there in the first place. And you know what that was? Hustling, being on the grind, you know, reviewing reviewing shitty games reviewing terrible products making them try to look good building relationships shaking hands handing out business cards listening being active in your industry people forget all that shit the minute they get uh, you know a couple of free passes or so or you know some all expense paid uh travel or whatever the fuck it is they forget what got them to the dance in the first place and I can't do that you, do you I hell know. you know that better than anybody how hard is it was it in the very, very early beginnings to, to to be able to review games on a consistent basis? I mean, it's still difficult, but you know how hard it was.
1: Just to give people an idea of what you're talking about right now, I'm going to break something down. From, from, like, the first game I ever got that, you know, that I put in work for to get yep. until the the infamous now Hitman theater. <laughs> it's like, you got to write to these people Yep. and... Politely, of course, and professionally, but basically begged them, listen, I do this, this, and this, can I please have a copy of the game so I can review it? Yep. Basically, what you're saying to these people is, I want to give you publicity, whether it's good or bad, publicity is publicity. That's right. But I'm working for you in a sense, so please give me a copy of this game because I'm reviewing a ton of games and I can't keep, you know, tossing out 60 bucks a clip to do it. Because yep. we're not incorporated, and I can't write that shit off. Right. That's essentially what you know what I'm saying to these people. But, you know, you write to them, and some of them will say, we'll put you on the list. Some of them will not even write back to you at all. And then some of them will say, you know, here's a code, or you might just get a game in, in the mail one day. And some of them will say, you we weren't able to fulfill your request. I love those, even though they're, they're rejections. Because I love the fact that somebody took the time to respond to me. Yep. Because, you know, it is business, but I'm all about, you know, manners and shit. So even if you send me a rejection, I appreciate those. And I write back to them and I say thank you for even considering me. That's right. But, like, I think the first time I wrote was back in 2014. And I think one of the first games I got was maybe the um, the PS4 version of Grand Theft Auto V. Right. I mean, we've gotten other games. Where a lot of the, the the smaller games that we've got were through you directly. Yep. And I just I just did the work, but it's like people are, were on on my YouTube channel saying, "Well, how did you get this beta? The beta doesn't come out till Friday." That's or, right. How are you not breaking a non disclosure agreement? And I'm thinking to myself, just because you know,
0: you always, always have to, to interact. I
1: don't want to be an asshole to these.
0: No, you don't. I don't
1: want to be an asshole to people I don't even know. That's right. And you did it right. Semi-legitimate question. Right. I'm like, if you look at some of my other videos, these people are quick to shut shit down. Right. I've had my videos get freaking copyright infringement notices just because, like, taking a recent game, for example, the Lego Marvel Avengers stream I did, because the Avengers theme is on there.
0: That's right. 100%.
1: Now... uh, that's actually not one of the games that I received. I had to pay for that one, but I'm thinking to myself, a lot of these companies say, please, you don't review the game. It's okay to stream. It's okay to use video in your reviews, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, these companies jump on you just because either they're saying you're infringing on a copyright or they want to monetize because there's shit like the Avengers theme or the Peanuts theme in yep. the game. 100%. And a lot of times I just get, I get, Aggravate, don't cut that part out of the video. It'd be like, "Fuck you!" But sometimes I just leave it and say I can't be bothered. And that's how it but goes. I
0: mean, you don't. You Square have to.
1: Enix, Square Enix in particular, is very, very tight about this shit. Yep. If I wasn't supposed to put that video up on February tenth, well, February eleventh, because it was early in the morning, that shit would have never made it to like five a.m.
0: There you go. This is, the, the, you know what it is. Like, there's, there's a very, very interesting. I remember for, for for a year or so, if you guys know, remember this, there was that meme floating around that had jobs and it's like what I do, what my friends think I do, what my family think I does, what I really do. You remember those, right? Yep. People try to live that meme. They try to live it. And and the people don't understand like being an entrepreneur, everybody wants to be one because they think, oh, I work for myself. I don't got to answer to anybody. You are accountable 150% of the time, there are days when I run on three hours of sleep or two hours of sleep because I'm editing or I'm writing or, you know, I'm trying to get shit out there or you you know the work I put into, you know, when, when we went into the new studio space. You know, that like, there's, there's, it, there's a non-glamorous side to it. It's like, oh, but I get to go to E3. Yeah, but is anybody flying you out there? You
1: know? Exactly. If you're not getting... Flown out there or at least like a hotel room or something you're basically you're you're going to nerd disney world
0: yep pretty much
1: and you're you're paying for it
0: yeah i I think you know it's um it's it's unfortunate and you know it's one of those things where people don't look at the at the non-glamorous side of things you know it's just a a trying to trying to live but you know to to not belabor it i i I did want to say that you know with the stuff that you did with the hitman beta um you know, you, you handled it correctly. I mean, the YouTube comment section is a vicious fucking place, vicious. You go to some YouTube videos. I mean, uh, shining example, PewDiePie, not, not a guy who I'm a fan of, but I respect that guy's work ethic. And he, he ended up at one point just turning off the comments because people are, people are terrible pieces of shit and they hide behind the keyboard. And you know, he was just like, listen, I come here, I give you guys this content for free. And that's the crazy part for free. And, and, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they don't respect that. And that's one of those things where, you know, people always say, you gotta throw, you you gotta throw a lot of free content out there and then you gotta be ready for the ask. Like, Hey, I've given you all this free content. You think you could buy my ebook or, you know, comment on this or share this, you know, you have to, you have to give a lot of free content away so that when you become the voice or the authority, people can say, yo. Yo. You know, I want to support that individual. I want to, you know, promote what that person does because I believe in their shit, you know?
1: I hear you, man. And just quickly, because it literally just came up, going back to the whole thing with the people asking me, well, how are you doing this before this is out? As you were talking, I got an email. I just got a brand new game. It's not out yet. And that's all I can really say because... There you go. If it were ready, I could publish the review right now, but I don't have, you know, the go-ahead to really do anything else.
0: There you go. That's so how it there works.
1: There not be any video on, on YouTube of that tonight.
0: There you go. All right. Well, like I said, you know, you're, you're, you're getting the stuff out there. People are digging it. It's all good. Um, with regards to the gaming news of the week, a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, Bethesda and id announced that the brand-new... Uh, Doom game is scheduled to be released on May 13th on the Xbox one PS4 and windows PC. Um, obviously you're getting single player and multiplayer campaigns and um, there's going to obviously be a collector's edition as well, which is going to run you 119. Um people who pre-order the collector's edition or standard edition will be receiving a demon multiplayer pack. Uh, the pre-order bonus pack features a unique demon armor set and three skin variations six metallic paint colors, and three ID logo patterns that can be applied to weapons and armor. It also has a set of six hack modules, which are one-time consumable items that will give you an edge in multiplayer gameplay. Um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing what Doom is all about. You know, they, they, they did put up a trailer, which um, I'm going to try and post on the site. If you get to it before me, you know what to do. Um, I'm really actually excited for this. Doom was one of those games that... When I played it the first time, it was one of the first PC games I ever played, and it just, it, you know, it, it it pulled me right in, man, because it was just so crazy and such a wild game. And obviously, it's, it's still a franchise that has an incredible following. Um, I'm interested to see what this new version is capable of and how well it can harness this brand new hardware. And I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think people are going to be, they're going to dig it. And I think it's going to be a great departure from, you know, Gears of War, Halo, Call of Duty, you know, all the usual suspects.
1: I think so as well, even though I'm not a fan of Doom. What I've seen of it, it's like, I forgot exactly the words they said, but they're like, they they try to get away from what they try to do with things like Doom 3, making it all fancy and stuff. They're like, they're just bringing it back to horrifying monsters in your face that you either blow the shit out of them or they tear you apart. Right. And that goes back to the days of, you know, that old run and gun arena style battle and you know, that that's what made Doom famous and sticking to that original recipe, it seems like that's what they need to do.
0: No, I agree. I think I think it's a it's a solid it's a solid step for them. I think it's one of those things where I feel that people are gonna be they're gonna jump on board, especially if it's good and hopefully it'll breathe some fresh life into that IP. Um on the flip side, with regards to IPs, Ubisoft has confirmed that there will not be a brand new Assassin's Creed this year. I think they've, you know, they've realized that cranking them out every year is is going to do the game more harm than good. But on the flip side, which I'm sure you're going to be excited about, they will be releasing a follow-up to Watchdogs.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be more excited. And you, you're right to think that because... I mean, of course you would know, but anybody else who follows our site knows that not only, you know, coming up to the the launch of Watch Dogs, but, like, I would post about it, like, every week. I mean, granted, it's because Ubisoft threw us that much information. That's right. But there was just so much content they gave us that looked so fantastic. And it, you know, unlike a lot of trailers that we still get today, it did include gameplay. It looked great. And then the game came out and it definitely isn't bad. It was not bad by any means. But it it just didn't live up to what they made it out to be. Okay. And if they somehow if they somehow make that happen in the sequel, I'll be just as excited as, you know, when I was waiting for the first game. Yep. And that's why sometimes I give such good ratings to these simple indie games that have like eight bit graphics because yeah. They may not look very pretty compared to what the you know our consoles are capable of and what PCs are capable of, but the gameplay is just great. No, I agree. And that's really the bottom line. I always you know I always fall back to Catamaran Demons. Simple yeah. ass graphic, but the game is so fantastic. If they put one out today, if I had to, I'd wait online at midnight to get the shit literally. And you know I don't I don't do that anymore.
0: Well, you know but what it that's is? How
1: good that game series is.
0: Well, here's the thing. I, I am I personally am excited that there is not gonna be an Assassin's Creed, and I'll tell you why. As someone who I am also is, is a hardcore fan of the series and you know this for a fact. Um, you know, each game progressively had more and more issues that made the gameplay incredibly difficult to enjoy. I mean Assassin's Creed Unity was fucking broken. Broken when it came to market to the point where they had to give you the season pass for free because they realized how, how much they fucked up. And, and that's a, that's a big thing. You know, I mean, uh, assassins creed syndicate, which I'm still playing through, uh, you know, piece by piece is substantially better leaps and bounds better than unity was obviously. But I felt that the story was still a little bit thin. I mean, what made assassins creed amazing, and you can attest to this cause after I fucking talked about how awesome it was, you started playing through and you're like, yo, the story's fucking bananas. And then by the time you got further along, you're like, yo, what the fuck happened? And that's what happened with me. I mean, not, that's not to say that the, that the stories have been utterly terrible. But I just feel that, you know, they started throwing in multiplayer. They wanted to crank the games out, bring them out every year. And it ended up, uh, the, the you know, they ended up hurting themselves based on how successful they were. You know, they just couldn't, they couldn't, supply couldn't meet demand, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they just, messed, to me, they messed up, excuse me, the moment they started putting in multiplayer, they messed up, because that just screwed the whole idea of the, the concept of the, the the franchise. I agree. Yeah, there's always a bunch of assassins in the, you know, in the league and everything, but they operate independently. Right. The very title of Assassin's Creed Unity and, and the concept that a bunch of people were pulling off operations together was just, to me, was it was idiotic.
0: I mean, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Syndicate, you know, and you can start your own gangs and have your own gangs because, you know, that's something that was, you know, that, that went on. And I understand that and it has its place. I just feel that sometimes too much emphasis is put on the multiplayer experience, which is unfortunate because it's the single player experience that brought people to the dance in the first place.
1: Absolutely,
0: and that's you know they dropped the ball with shit like that. Do you think for one minute that people gave a shit about multiplayer when they were running through the rooftops with Altair or you know running through Venice with um you know with Etio Auditore? Like who? Nobody cared about that. No one gave a nobody shit. Nobody
1: was thinking. Nobody was thinking. Wow, it'd be great if my friends were here right right now. Nope.
0: Not no, at all you know that's that's just how the shit works but you know I'm glad to see that they're giving the game a rest and I think that you know with the movie in development I think it's a great opportunity to shift the focus to the film because the film has the potential to be good and they can all they can then refocus their energies on properties like watchdogs and you know leverage that and do something more
1: absolutely
0: now you know we've been the last couple of episodes you and I have talked about backwards compatibility. On Xbox One and how the list continues to grow. Uh, they recently announced a couple of new additions including Alan Wake's American Nightmare, Lego Batman, uh, Salmon and Max uh, Beyond Time and Space, and Trials HD. So uh, the backwards compatible catalog of Xbox One continues to grow. And as more and more people are waiting for, you know, Red Dead Redemption... and uh and 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 so and so many other games i think you know it's going to become one of those situations where people are going to start really trading in their 360s aggressively within the next three to five you know within i want to say that within the next three to six months if they continue to add to the catalog at the rate that they're going
1: unless they said you know listen at this point Every 360 game can be played on Xbox One. Right. You know, but by inserting the disc and a patch is applied that gives you... Yep. Achievements, support, or whatever. Blah, you could blah, do that blah. with
0: some games now. Some.
1: I mean, that, that would be the only way I could see myself getting rid of my 360. Pretty much. And, I mean, the the, the only problem with that is then the saved games that are on the 360.
0: Well, if you, if you upload all the saves into the cloud, then they would, in, in theory... Just be in the cloud, you know, for your Xbox Live Gold account.
1: That works with the 360. I wasn't a. I'm, I, I'll tell you, it's been that long since I've turned it on.
0: Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, when I was uploading stuff to the cloud, you had your your cloud-based storage, and I think that if they really wanted to take it to that to that level where everybody had an Xbox One in their home, then it would just be it would just be a matter of uploading all your saves into the into the cloud and downloading them. Into your Xbox One. I mean, you know, you can expand the storage anyway, so that's what you would do. Again, it, if they aggressively marketed that the same way they allowed you to upgrade your space on your console at the time, I think that's that that's the way that they can leverage, um, you know, the backwards compatibility as a selling tool.
1: Well, yeah, if, if like I said, if if the full 360 catalog is playable on Xbox One, then I. Other than, you know, if you need an extra, I don't know, DVD player in the bedroom or something.
0: I just need, I just need my fighting games on there. I just need my fighting games on there, bro. I just need, you know, Street Fighter Third Strike and, you know, Guru Mark of the Wolves and King of Fighters. I just need that shit. Once I have that, dude, so long, 360. See you later. One less black box in my home theater.
1: I hear you. And then you never have to worry about the Red Ring.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, that too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still have my original Xbox, which I, you know, I stream, I used to stream with. I haven't done it in a while, but that's also because, you know, it was modded. Um, You know, not that I advocate that sort of thing, guys, but <laughs> it, it was modded. You know, it yeah, plays... but I
1: mean, the, the, backwards ca- the backwards compatibility on the 360 to the Xbox is very limited.
0: Super limited, man. Super limited. There were so many titles that I was enjoying... On the regular Xbox, when the 360 came out, it's like, uh, yeah, fuck you, you get nothing. <laughs> that's that's pretty much how it went. But um, while we are on the subject of Xbox One, I mentioned earlier, you know, joking around, but it is true. Rocket League is coming to Xbox One February 17th. Um, you can get the game. Um, you're gonna get some bonuses with it. The, you're gonna get three of the games downloadable add-ons, which will be included in the 1999 package. You're gonna get Supersonic Fury which is going to include two premium battle cars, 12 decals, five paint types, two rocket trails, two wheels. And then revenge of the battle cars comes with two premium battle cars, 12 decals, three paint types, two rocket trails, two additional wheels, four toppers and two antennas. Lastly, you're going to get chaos run. That also comes with two premium battle cars, 12 decals, two wheels, two rocket trails, three toppers, Three antennas, and it also you're going to get exclusive console, uh, console exclusive cars, including the Armadillo from Gears of War and the Hog Sticker Warthog variant from Halo. You're also going to get some Sunset Overdrive inspired stuff as well. So uh, those of, those of us that have been waiting on the Xbox One to play Rocket League, you're going to be rewarded for your patience. That's for sure.
1: Um, the um, there's finally starting to be some games on the Xbox One that that are You know, catching my my eye, and you know, I'm starting to say maybe I might need an Xbox One in the near future.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're 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 growing their catalog at a good rate, and they're really trying to put good games out there. I mean, I'm still I'm still the weirdo that buys multiplayer for Xbox and single player for PlayStation. Like, I'm still doing that shit, Um, just because that's just me. Like, you know, Arkham Knight I bought on PlayStation, but um, you know, UFC Two I'm buying on Xbox One. You know.
1: Well, I mean, aside from certain people that you want to play with, you realize that the multiplayer is really, really excellent on the PS4, right?
0: Dude, I've never used it.
1: It's fantastic. I mean, there was... Good to know. Yes, I admit, there was the nightmare on the PS3.
0: Yep. I've never used it. I mean...
1: None of the problems that were present on the PS3 are there on the PS4.
0: Good. That's good to know. I mean, you know, I'm sure I'm going to be testing that when Street Fighter V comes out. Which um, is going to be the lead in for the next story I wanted to talk about, which is Mad Madcats uh, reducing 37 percent of their total workforce, which is crazy. Um, they're doing a restructure. Wow. Yeah, they're doing a restructuring plan. Um, you know, there was a significant stock market drop. Uh, you know, it went down, you know, uh, the lowest I think it was was at 16 cents a share. And they took a huge, you know, they took a decently large hit. Uh, because rock band four hurt them a lot, consumed a lot of their resources and lowered their profit margins. Uh, the outcome was, you know, wasn't terrible, but it was definitely something that needed to be addressed. Um, you know, they undershot the release at launch and then they overshot during the holidays what was needed with regards to how much stock was, you know, it's, it's pretty crazy because the company still committed to putting out, you know, street fighter five, Uh, peripherals and uh, they got a Katana 7.1 surround sound gaming headset on the horizon and they're trying to put stuff out there, but I, I can, I can definitely say that mad cats has had its fair share of, of misses along with hits. You know, they've, they've, they've had a couple of good things. Obviously a lot of their street fighter accessories have always been solid, but they, they definitely have their, have had their fair share of stuff that you're like, what the fuck? Like their little Android console and a lot of their shit you look at and you're like, really? Why would I want that? And, you know, it's not to say that Mad Cats and Mad Cats has come a long way because if you remember back in the day when you bought a Mad Cats controller, that was the controller you'd give to the people that would come to visit your house. You know that shit. Yo, let me get that controller. Nah, kid, here you go. This is the guest remote. What the fuck is this?
1: Mad Cats?
0: Yeah. Just play the game and shut up.
1: That clear neon green
0: controller. Yep, that clear neon green controller with, like, auto-rapid-fire that they would use on one game, Then and, and you'd be like, yo, man, what the fuck? Oh, you know, this one has rapid-fire. You know, built-in rumble, all kinds of weird fucking gimmicks. You know that. So, I, I mean, like I said, they've had their fair share of hits. I mean, Street Fighter has been a godsend to them, and even to to joystick manufacturers as a whole, because... If anybody's picking up joysticks for their consoles, it's to play Street Fighter. Nobody, I hate to tell people, nobody's buying a joystick for Mortal Kombat. Very few people are. Very few are buying them for Killer Instinct. It's for Marvel versus Capcom and Street Fighter. Cut the bullshit.
1: <laughs> and to me, Mad Cat's, they, they, excuse me, to me, Mad Cat's never even escaped that stigma. For joysticks, I stick with Horry.
0: Well, there you go. But but even still, you know, that's, that's one of the things that, you know, you look at Hori, you look at some of these other manufacturers that put out these premium joysticks, you know for a fact that, you know, there's a level of quality there that you're that that they're committed to. That's not to say that Madcats is putting out inferior quality stuff, but given their track record and some of the stuff that they have put out, it's always hit and miss. I mean, a lot of their, their pro series Street Fighter stuff has been well received, especially because it's very mod friendly. Um, you know, they're very active in the community, very active in the scene. Uh, They've done a lot of great stuff, and, and, you know, I commend them. It's unfortunate that they had to, you know, lose so many employees due to restructuring. We can only hope that, you know, they can restructure and and make themselves profitable, and, you know, it's not something that becomes the death knell for a company that's been in the game for a long time.
1: Yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully Tuesday's release does something for them, but the the problem with that, I mean, for us, for us, those of us who have supported Madcats, it's a good thing, but in a way, it's, you know, not such a good thing for them, based upon what you just told us. Right. The fact that, um, Street Fighter Five is supposed to be supporting the, the PS3 right. sticks on the PS4.
0: Right. They're doing, they're doing a lot of stuff, you know, Street Fighter Five. you know, not only is it something that's huge for Capcom, because they're, they're, they're approaching it completely different than previous Street Fighter releases, But it's also a very, very big opportunity for companies like Mad Cats to put out really good peripherals to to leverage a brand new console. You know, this is a a fighting game experience on a new console, which means new accessories are needed.
1: I think one of the things, probably one of the things that caused them an issue, I mean, aside from the fact that there was no Street Fighter for PS4 until now, but there were tons of other games. Right. Is that Madcats waited to put out a stick. True. Like like I said, I, I've always supported Hori and I've had a a PlayStation Four, specifically a PlayStation Four fight stick for almost, you know, a year and a half now.
0: There you go. Well, I mean it's a and story Mad that Mad
1: Cats hasn't put out anything for PS4.
0: Nope. But it's a story I'm gonna be monitoring very closely, especially now with the release of Street Fighter Four. Uh, you know, we'll see what the restructuring does, what that leads to, and, you know, if if it allows them to move forward. I'm sure that they're going to trim the fat with regards to a lot of their peripherals that, you know, aren't that good. That's how I see Hello? it. Yeah. Slick, did you drop out?
1: No, I'm here. I didn't hear you for a second.
0: Oh, that's weird. Anyway, I want to I wanna break down these MPD numbers, uh, a couple of things first and foremost. Uh, video game hardware sales took a big drop, 15%. From last year, Uh, they uh, video game hardware sales were one hundred and fifty seven million dollars versus one hundred and eighty five point four from last year. Um, A lot of this obviously is due to the Xbox and PS3 consoles petering out, plus the decline of portable console sales as well, which should isn't shocking in the least. I mean, you know, there were a lot of price cuts, but there was also an 81 percent drop off in sales of the 360 PS3 and Wii as well as a 21% decline in sales on the 3DS and PlayStation Vita.
1: Well, I mean, at this point, it's like, who doesn't have it?
0: Well, you know what it is? A lot of people are still holding out, you know? They're still holding out for those other consoles that are still viable. I mean, also, people are, are being smarter with their money. They're realizing that, hey, can I get more value out of this old system? It You know, eventually, it's going to become a, a, point, a point where there will be no new games released and you have to make the jump and that's kind of the direction that it looks to be going in.
1: I saying that for at least the last week or so that that actually needs to, to pick up this, this year just because I remember it might have been 2014 but definitely early last year he was saying that the only things that are coming out for these new consoles are like remakes and ports from the PC. Yep. And... I see a bunch of new games coming out, and I'm like, wow, these games look great. And then when I when it comes time for me to do a write up for them, I'm like, oh, it's a port for the from the PC from like two years ago.
0: Right. Well, the other thing is, I and,
1: mean, it's still new to the console, but it's like these are not new games.
0: Well, in terms of game sales, there was a drop too. Um, you know, two hundred and twelve million dollars, which is a ten percent year over year decrease from 235.6 million dollars i mean you know again we're becoming smarter consumers people are being more selective there's more sales uh there's more aggressive sales you know the buy two get one freeze uh you know there's a lot of stuff going on that's definitely eating that up Uh, with regards to peripherals the only things that are taking off obviously are disney infinity and amiibo figures which were you know which increased uh peripheral revenue 15 percent um, you know, from 206 million to 235.5 million in 2016. Obviously, we know that the Amiibo and Disney Infinity presence is very, very aggressive.
1: You know what I think part of it is?
0: Right. Go ahead.
1: The, the Gen Wires, they're, they're starting to, and it's going to sound bad no matter how I say it, who's going to say it? They're starting to exit that stupid phase. <laughs> like, I mean, we've been in that, that, you know, money conscious phase for a while now because, you know, we're Gen X. Right. But, you know, you think about when you were like between, say, 17 and, you know, maybe up to like 28. You just bought a game because the shit was coming out. You just ran out and bought it the day it came out. That's right. Now we wait for sales. We wait We wait for to buy a two to get one free. We wait for that that. Best Buy or Target sale of this week, there's $20 off of that game because we saw the game and, yeah, we want to play it, but we don't want to pay $60 for it. No, I agree. We've been doing that. That that younger generation have been running out and buying shit, you know, the day it comes out, no matter what, and pre-ordering left and right. And now they're starting to get older and they're starting to say, you know, now that I think about it, either I could do better things with my money or – this game, yeah, I want to play it, but it's not worth sixty bucks, so I'm gonna
0: wait a while. I agree. The other thing I, I wanted to talk about were um, game sales as a whole. Um, I, you know, I want to just go through. I'm gonna go from ten backwards, and um, you know, some of the titles, not shocked, and others, you know, it just shows that there's still that January still a slow period when it comes to gaming. Uh, the number ten title was FIFA 16 which was available on PS4, PS3, 360, and Xbox One. Uh, number nine was LEGO Marvel Avengers, um, PS4, Xbox One, 360, Wii U, PS3, 3DS, and Vita. Um, of course, that game is going to be in the top ten because look how many systems it's on. Uh, number eight.
1: Yeah, but even still, that's that's kind, kind of an accomplishment. I kind of. Kind of because they only had five days in that month to sell.
0: This is true, but it's still an, you know, it's still an asterisk-worthy accolade. But, I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, you know, when you got that much insertion, you're, you know, it's a no-brainer. You're going to be on that list. I mean, Madden is still on that list in the number eight slot. That Madden. um, That Madden. Exactly. Uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six came in in the number seven slot. Uh, Only three three available platforms, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, Minecraft. So all I gotta say, three sixty Xbox One, PS4, and PS3 in the number six slot. Uh, Fallout Four came in the number five. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront was number four. NBA Two K sixteen was number three, and uh, I'm sure you you this this should come as no surprise. GTA Five came in in the number two slot. Wow, that's all I gotta say. How old is that game that it's still crushing uh, sales? You know, in a brand new in a brand new year.
1: It's overall about it's close to two and a half years old. Yep. If you go by the original release date of September 17, thousand
0: thirteen. There you go. Now the number one game was Call of Duty Black Ops
1: three. <laughs> of course.
0: Yep. Uh, Xbox One, PS four, three hundred and sixty, PS three, and PC. So you know it was funny because last year, if you remember. Dying Light was the surprising hit of, of January. So, you know, 2016 had no game that was a sleeper, you know?
1: Well, let's see with February because this past Tuesday, Dying Light actually came out again.
0: <laughs> right, but but you get what I'm saying in the sense that, you know, Dying Light was was a game that kind of came under the radar, blew everybody's minds, and, and you know, took took the top spot for January. The only thing that came in close was Marvel's um, Lego Avengers. And that's only because, you know, it's it, it it came in, like you said, under the not under the radar. But it had, you know, multiple, multiple console insertion and a very, very small release window. You know, if it would have came out earlier in the month, it probably would have made even more more money. But it didn't come in with the same amount of fanfare. The dying light came in with, you know,
1: <clears throat> sorry I had to swallow water. That's all right. Um, Yeah, it's also always more of a um, big deal when a brand new IP uh, makes big numbers versus (laughs) something that's, you know, it's not a, I can't really call it a movie tie-in game, but it's still definitely a tie-in. Right. Something that's based upon established, you know, established IPs and everything.
0: Right. Well, on the hardware side of things, the PlayStation 4 outsold the Xbox One and the Wii U in January. According to Sony, uh, no specific numbers were out, but, um, you know, Sony came in swinging uh, very, very strong start to 2016. Uh, we can only hope that Xbox one steps it up. Uh, I'm not even factoring Nintendo at this point because I think Nintendo is just biding their time for their, you know, NX console announcement. So I think whatever we get on the Wii U, we might as well hope is just some good first party stuff. Until the NX announcement comes out, I think they're kind of starting to shift their focus, and it's starting to show.
1: Mm, I can only hope that if they really are going to bring out the new console this year, which I don't really think they are. No, I don't think but, so either. Um, I, I, you know, I just hope that hope the best because no, they're not the original game console, but they're the one that that a lot of us really grew up with. So. Right. Everybody is always saying, oh, Nintendo's dead. No, Nintendo's not dead, and I don't
0: want them to die. No, the, Nintendo's not dead, and it's never—it's not dying, but it's definitely stuck in very antiquated thinking, and I think that's a big factor. The antiquated thinking is definitely something to consider when it comes to Nintendo's success. Um, I really would like I don't think them... I
1: they're stuck in antiquated thinking either. I well, just think that because they try so hard to be different that that that's
0: that's working against them well the, to to your point the reason i say that they're stuck in antiquated thinking is because they're not looking to it to embrace uh you know the multiplayer gaming space they're not looking to leverage and create a a, a platform on par with an xbox live or you know a playstation network uh, th- these are these are things that are going to help you know these are things that you're going to need to increase engagement I mean, I understand that they're always going to put the, the, you know, the children first and they're going to try and safeguard the safety of kids with their consoles. And that's great. But you got to understand that the only reason that kids are the driving force is because they're making their parents buy the consoles for them. You got to make the consoles intriguing and engaging for the demographic that has, I don't know, the fucking money. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm being honest.
1: No, you you are right with that. Though.
0: It's like it's like, hey, buy this console. It's amazing. We want you to play it. All right, what can I play? Mario Golf. <laughs> it's a hard it's sell, bro.
1: It's a very hard sell.
0: Well, aside from that, that is actually um the last bit of news I had for uh, the gaming side of things this week. Is there anything else you wanted to add?
1: Uh, no. I, it looks like we uh, will be getting some new streams out tomorrow, hopefully, but. Uh, <laughs> the 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 workload never never gets smaller.
0: Hell no, dude. Who are you telling? But um, yeah, definitely.
1: Um, I'm also trying to check out Deadpool tomorrow, so I'll probably be doing a review for that over the weekend as well.
0: There you go. All right, my friend. I appreciate the assist as always, and um, I will talk to you off air.
1: All right, man. I'll talk to you later.
0: alright brother. Peace. Peace. All right, that was our very own Slick. Um, definitely check out the streams and his content on RageWorks.net. He's putting out a lot of great stuff. Uh, A lot of good reviews have come out over the last couple of days, courtesy of of his uh, labor-intensive approach to getting game reviews out. So definitely check them out. Also, uh, keep it locked there for more with regards to the Hitman beta. You can find out more on RageWorks.net and also uh, check out the video links That Slick posted in his post as as well as the Dying Light Contest, which is in action. If you want to participate, we will put the link for that in the show notes. All right, we're going to switch gears. We're going to jump into this week's entertainment segment and wrap it up for tonight. Let's get to it. So let's open things up with uh, some Orange is the New Black news. As many of you know, the series is one of the many successes for Netflix, right up there with House of Cards. Um, And that success, of course, is fueling uh, the extension of the series, uh, signing up for three more seasons. So Netflix has it covered pretty much all the way to season seven, uh, season four of the uh, critically acclaimed Uh, women's prison series will be debuting on Netflix, June 17th. So, uh, definitely big news. If you are a fan of orange is the new black, uh, three more seasons is what you're getting. Season four begins June 17th. And some, what the fuck entertainment news. If you guys remember a couple of weeks back, we were talking about the return of MacGyver to the small screen with a brand new reboot, um, it turns out the CBS officially ordered a pilot episode for the new MacGyver series with James Wan scheduled to direct. But in addition to there being a MacGyver TV series, it also looks like MacGyver is also going to be heading to the big screen as well. So you're going to be getting a big screen version of MacGyver as well as a brand new series as well. If you're a fan of the Richard Dean Anderson series, I'm sure you're going to be intrigued to at least check it out. But I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of MacGyver growing up and I don't think that a reboot is necessary. I mean, the show was incredibly successful running for seven seasons from 1985 to 1992. It's crazy that MacGyver actually started when I was five years old. (laughs) Uh, Pretty crazy. It ended when I was 12. Um, You know, I personally, I was, like I said, I wasn't a fan of the original not sure how I feel about not only a reboot, but a big screen version. I understand that, you know, with the success of stuff like, you know, 21 jump street to the big screen and other series that have seen big screen adaptations, you want to try and do that. And obviously Hollywood is also working in reverse, uh, creating TV series for film properties like cruel intentions, uh, shooter, which I'm going to address later on in this entertainment segment and countless other films. I can understand what they're doing, but I also feel that they're going a little too deep into the woodshed uh, doing remakes of shows that don't get me wrong MacGyver was good but it's you know it it falls into that same that same uh, niche that like murder she wrote or you know some of those other long-standing series fell into which was that people watched it because it was a safe bet with the wealth of content that we have now between broadcast television cable and you know various premium channels plus Netflix, Hulu and Amazon prime video. I think that the necessity for, you know, broadcast television stuff at this juncture, even though it's compelling and it's great, I don't think it has the same appeal that you could have got away with it in 1985 through 1992. People have a lot more options at their disposal. uh, You know, a lot of crazy things they can enjoy. Not only, like I said, all those services and channels, but also the fact that obviously you've got YouTube as well that you compete with and other original programming on the on the web. So, um, you know, I'll probably watch the pilot just to see what it's all about, but I, I don't feel that it that it has the tools to be successful in this day and age. I mean, obviously, I can be proven wrong, but that's where I stand on it. In some Star Wars news, Star Wars continues to crush records across the board, um, passing nine hundred million dollars domestically and two billion dollars worldwide. Uh, right now, it's behind Titanic and also behind Avatar in terms of um, you know the the record breaking global totals. It is officially now the third film to do so, and um, you know it's it's one of those things where we're going to keep seeing more and more of this stuff happening because obviously between IMAX, IMAX 3D and, you know, the cost of, of tickets nowadays, it's be it's becoming almost commonplace for films to break 100 million, 200 million, 500 million. Um, and even, you know, in some cases, the $2 billion mark right now, like I said, it's, um, you know, it is now the third film to do so behind Titanic and, and Avatar. And I'm sure that, Within the next couple of weeks, it may even surpass Avatar in terms of, um, you know, global box office numbers. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, you know, two point seven billion for Avatar and two point one billion for Titanic. It's you know, it's it's not difficult to surpass, but there's also a steady stream of films that are going to give it competition uh, between Deadpool, Captain America, Civil War, which is, you know, couple of months or a couple of weeks away um you know batman superman there's there's still ample time for it to reach that milestone and maybe surpass either titanic or avatar but um you know starting with deadpool and some of the other films coming out over the over the next few weeks i'm seeing it as being less and less likely we'll see what happens obviously if it does break either one of those records i will definitely make sure to share it on air with you guys on the box office side of things, uh, this past weekend, Kung Fu Panda part three came in in the number one slot. Uh, seriously, Jack Black's Kung Fu Panda has always consistently performed well at the box office. I personally think those movies aren't that great, but when it comes to, you know, getting kids in, in seats, uh, the, the Panda definitely does the job and it came in earning $21 million out of the gate. $69.1 million is its total thus far. Hail Caesar came in at number two. The Revenant was number three with an additional $7.1 million, bringing its total thus far to $149.7 million. Star Wars, the force awakens took in some more money, $6.9 million. The choice came in at number five pride, prejudice and zombies debuted in the number six slot. Um, I really felt that movie should have been R rated and, um, the marketing for that film was, it could it could have been better. That's for sure. Uh, the Finest Hours was number seven. Ride Along two was number eight. Uh, the Boy was number nine, and Dirty Grandpa was number ten. On the Blu-ray side of things, the top-selling Blu-rays uh, thus far for the first week of excuse me the first week of um, February are as follows: uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Not shocked, considering that the transfer was amazing. If you're a Disney fan or someone that collects the Disney films for either themselves or their children, uh, definitely pick up Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Not my favorite Disney movie, but in terms of transfer and audio quality, it was fucking stellar. Uh, Number two was The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, Bridge of Spies was number three. Goosebumps was number four. Batman Bad Blood was the number five top-selling Blu-ray. The Martian was number six. Straight Out of Compton was seven. Hotel Transylvania 2 was number 8, Evangelion, Evangelion uh, was number 9, and Star Wars episodes uh, 4 through 6 were in the top 10 slot for some reason, um, Slick is telling me that the stream froze, I would refresh it just to see if it gets fixed, um, Hmm. interesting, that face is terrible, Slick, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is an awful face good lord <laughs> anyway um the 3d blu-rays that sold uh for the you know throughout the first week of february uh ant-man 3d was number one age of ultron 3d was number two which oh, there goes uh Block talk radio dropping the ball ah these guys are killing me hold on one second guys let me see if i can uh Log back in. It's like I'm trying to finish the show, and Block Talk Radio has to shit the bed to start your show now.
1: Since it appears you're calling back into a live show, we are reconnecting you now.
0: Block Talk Radio is really good at dropping dropping the ball. It's crazy that it's been it's been doing it you know for both shows. Usually it runs pretty well, but clearly we can't win every night. Anyway, as I was saying, uh, with regards to the 3D Blu-ray sales, Ant Man was number one. Avengers. Age of Ultron 3D was number two, which was actually a stellar 3D transfer. Uh, Everest 3D was number three. The Martian was number four and Goosebumps was number five. Uh, the Martian uh, definitely was a solid transfer. It's on my list of movies to watch. I've heard nothing but good things. Um, just time hasn't been on my side to sit down and watch it, but I definitely want to check it out. Like I said, the transfer I've heard is tremendous. And the audio quality is out of this world, that's for sure. Uh, so definitely check those films out if they're on your radar, either as display pieces to showcase your home theater, or if they're films that you definitely want to check out, definitely do so. In some casting news, A- AMC's Preacher has Jackie Earl Haley repri- um, playing Odin Quincannon, uh, who is one of uh, the Preacher's villains. In the books, I think that um, that casting is actually very good and I'm looking forward to seeing AMC's interpretation of Preacher when it hits the airwaves. Um, Of course, if you're not familiar with Preacher, it's a book uh, came out, uh, I want to say in the 90s from Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon uh, follows Reverend Jesse Custer, uh, who loses his faith in God and learns that God has left heaven and abandoned his job. Uh, it is a crazy concept. It's a wild book, um, you know. I read it. Wow, I read I read a preacher graphic novel. I want to say maybe ten years ago, maybe probably about ten years ago. And I thought I thought it was definitely a um, a solid book, very enjoyable. Um, our friends at, on Black Is the New Black definitely uh, elaborated on the show a little further. Slick chimed in and told me that, uh, they did a really good job with it and shared their thoughts on what needs to happen in the preacher series. So definitely, uh, check that out. If you want to hear more, um, I did want to talk about obviously Deadpool hitting theaters, uh, today, as a matter of fact, um, turns out that even though the film has not officially, made any box office broken, any box office records as of yet. Um, they have already greenlit a sequel, which I'm not even shocked about. Um, it turns out that they're looking to get a sequel out in theaters sooner rather than later. Um, all signs are pointing to a minimum of two years before the next film. Uh, Deadpool, everybody's saying is expected to clear at least $70 million due to the President's Day weekend, we'll see if that is the case, but in any event, uh, the Deadpool sequel has been greenlit, um, the post credit scene uh, is definitely indicative that a sequel is happening, from what I've heard, there are two post-credit scenes, and as I always say with any Marvel movie, stay after the credits, do not leave, stay after the credits, that's all I'm saying, Um, but yeah, Deadpool sequel has been greenlit. Um, never really thought that this was something that was going to happen. And I was pleasantly surprised when I heard that it is in development and that is a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Considering, considering Sonic's popularity and how much of a mainstay he's been on, not only obviously the Genesis console, but Countless consoles after that, I figured it would be inevitable that we'd see a movie, but I didn't think that it was actually in development, but it turns out that they are looking to do a Sonic the Hedgehog movie with a release date for 2018. They're looking to uh, utilize it as a mixed medium film, meaning live action and CGI. Um, You know, much like they've done with who frame Roger rabbit and countless other films, uh, they're looking to go that route with Who Frame. Uh, with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, Who frame Roger Rabbit is one of my all-time favorite films, uh, definitely top ten. And um, I'm curious to see what they do with that. Uh, like anything else, the the Sonic the Hedgehog universe has really good story that you can leverage to to you know bring it to the big screen. I mean, you know everything regarding Doctor Robotnik. Uh, the chaos gems, all that stuff. You can do a lot with that. So it's not very difficult to transfer it to the big screen, but, you know, utilizing, um, live action and CG, it can, it can go, it can either be very well executed or very terrible. I mean, Looney Tunes back in action was fucking abysmal and it wasn't because of the mixed medium of live action and animation. It was just the fact that the movie fucking sucked. So I don't know how they're going to execute that with Sonic and if they're going to bring him into the real world or it's going to tie in in a different sort of way. But um, I'm curious to see how it pans out when it hits theaters in 2018. In some other development news, you'll be pleased to hear that Star Wars episodes uh, 8 and 9 are currently in development um, and have started filming a couple of of the cast members have already mentioned it on social media and it is a go for filming. Of course, both both films are scheduled for releases obviously over the next couple of years, but development and filming for both films is in order. Um, I'm actually very excited to hear that only because, you know, I really enjoyed Force Awakens and from what I'm hearing, they're going to do a lot in Episode 8. It's going to take a darker turn And I'm curious to see where it goes, what they do with Kylo Ren, Captain Phasma, obviously what happens with Luke Skywalker and where it goes from there. Definitely pumped for that and happy to hear that it has begun filming. Last bit of entertainment news to wrap things up. If you guys remember a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned that they were interested in taking Mark Wahlberg's shooter film and turning it into a TV series on the USA Network. Uh, Shortly after I mentioned that, I heard that Ryan Phillippe was being cast in the role of Bob Lee Swagger, which was the role played by Mark Wahlberg. Well, TV line reports that they have greenlit the series and it has received a series order for the USA network. Of course, the original film came out in 2007 and was surprised, you know, it was surprisingly uh, enjoyable film. I thought it it was a really good action film at the time. And, I think it told a really good story and they're going to turn that into a series. I'm curious if I think if you're going to do a series based on that film, I would do a limited series versus something that recur, you know, that's recurring from week to week. You know, there's only so many political conspiracies that you can throw in front of a, of a person and he can resolve them by shooting someone in the head. But we'll see what happens. USA has a pretty good track record with their shows. I mean, you know, I've uh, shows like burn notice, Uh, Mr. Robot which is amazing Uh, suits which I'm currently watching you know USA definitely has a good track record with their series so I'm definitely going to give it a shot and of course when I do I will definitely be sharing my thoughts with you guys anyway that's going to wrap up the entertainment news for the week and it's going to wrap up the show as well so I've given you my take on gaming and entertainment I would love to hear yours Feel free to reach out via social media. You can find us on Twitter at rage underscore works or at my take radio. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash official RageWorks. You can also join the rage works, Facebook group, interact with the rage staff and the rest of our listeners and discuss a myriad of topics, including most of the stuff we discuss on air as well. We are also on Google plus Pinterest, uh, Instagram, just look for Rageworks. We are on Snapchat as well. Look for Rageworks on Snapchat. And um, that's pretty much it with regards to social media. Unless something new comes out, we're pretty much on every major platform. Uh, keep it locked to those outlets during the weekend for our coverage of Toy Fair 2016. Uh, with regards to this episode and previous episodes of My Take Radio, audio versions are available on iTunes. Stitcher, Tunein Radio, and of course on Rageworks.net. Video versions will be available on My Take Radio TV and official RageWorks on YouTube, both channels, um, HD video, and we're gonna have that up usually within twenty four to forty eight hours of broadcast. Right now we are working on the MMA and wrestling edition, which should be up within a couple of hours. There is also gonna be a brand new episode of Black is the New Black up the up late ugh, ugh uploaded this weekend and um, also an episode of the regular season sportscast. So keep an eye uh, out for those shows as well. Uh, We'll be back next week at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific to discuss MMA and wrestling. I just found out that a UFC legend, Kevin Randleman passed away. Um, Mortis actually shared that in the, um, in the group. Very sad to hear. Uh, We'll be talking about Kevin Randleman's passing next week. Uh, a lot of great moments from from him as a fighter. Uh, some amazing slams and devastating fights. And we're definitely going to discuss that next week. And of course, we're going to get into the gaming and entertainment news of the week. I will share my thoughts on Deadpool. I'm sure Slick will, uh, Slick will be doing that as well. But again, keep it locked to our social media outlets for our coverage of the 2016 Toy Fair. And make sure to check out this week's show on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for Audio. And look for it on YouTube. But as always, if you want the best, my take radio experience, pick up the official my take radio app for a available for Android iOS and windows devices. You'll be able to access 96 uh, K stereo audio of the show, plus mobile wallpapers and other exclusive content. And of course, any of the stuff that we do for MTR behind the mic and beyond the mic, you will get first again, For Android, you can pick it up in the Amazon Marketplace. For iOS, of course, you're heading to iTunes. And for Windows, you are heading to the Microsoft Store. On behalf of myself, Slick, and the rest of the MTR and RageWorks crew, I will see you guys next week. Peace.